Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. It's different for everyone. One thing is certain. Every day there's an opportunity for a win. Just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go. Everyday giftable. Everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher High Roller Blackjack with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to a retailer near you. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I'm Andrew Brandt. That music you hear is from my son, Sam Brandt. Our music producer will be introduced by Brian Neal. After a couple weeks of really fascinating guests, I had Taylor Twaman on to talk about the European Super League a couple weeks ago. And last week, Sean Culkin, the first NFL player to take his salary full salary in Bitcoin. Fascinating pod if you haven't listened yet. Now it's me, (laughs) and I'm going to give the people what they want. I'm going to talk about all my insights, my perspective, which I hope is unique and differentiated from everything else you're hearing, about one Aaron Rodgers and the bombshell he dropped on the draft weekend before the draft even started, which was that he wants out from the Packers. Not totally shocked. I'll talk about it. A lot of things that I want to get to about it whether it could happen, how the Packers should handle it. Deja vu for me from 15 years ago and Aaron now in the circle of life that he finds himself in. So many comments that I'll share here on a unique and hopefully special edition of Brant's Rants on the Business of Sports. I'm going to talk a quick rant about the draft, just a couple things that I found interesting before we get to Aaron. But first, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. (laughs) The hits literally keep coming on this. One boxing event to the next. They grow in excitement. This weekend is no different. Two of the most sports, most respected fighters. Step into the ring Saturday night. No better place to get in all the action than America's top-rated sportsbook app. That's DraftKings Sportsbook app. Offering all new users a shot of turning $1 into $55. That's, That's right. You bet $1 on the fighter of your choice. You win. You cash in $55. Got basketball, got hockey playoffs. DraftKings Sportsbook is there for you. Safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit with your money and withdraw your funds at only your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can bet $1 and win $55 on this weekend's main event. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win $55 when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight, only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers apply. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Okay, quick comment about the draft, and it's really focused on the third pick. We have seen... For a month, the San Francisco 49ers trade up into that spot. They went from 12 to 3. They gave up two number one picks. They switched number one picks this year. That's a massive amount of money, and they did it for Trey Lance. Now, I know there was a lot of talk, maybe Mac Jones, maybe they're going to decide when they get closer to the draft. They looked at Justin Fields, maybe even five quarterbacks. I think Kyle Shannon was being honest after the draft when he said they locked in on Trey Lance in January. And they were kind of amused that all the talk went to Mac Jones, even people in their office thinking that was happening. He was the guy they locked in on, and uh, I believe him. (laughs) And I believe all the reports that they're considering other people or they wanted out that their smokescreen or they could take any of five quarterbacks, it was all BS. 
And if it was, in fact, true that they're still wavering after a month after taking making that drastic trade, then shame on them that they would give away that kind of assets, not even knowing who the player was. My theory is no team would give away the strength of assets that they gave away, not knowing who that was for. So my point is the Falcon, I'm sorry, the 49ers locked in on Trey Lance long ago, January, even as the coach said after the draft, and they got their guy. But there's no margin of error. That guy better be good. Now, I know Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, they better be good too. They're top 10 picks. But they're top 10 picks where the future wasn't mortgaged for them, where the 49ers traded. Now, think about who goes for number one picks, two number one picks in this year, in this world. It's someone like Khalil Mack, premier pass rusher. It's someone like Laramie Tunsil, premier left tackle, pass protector. It's someone like Jalen Ramsey, premier cornerback. And even Jamal Adams, who was obviously considered the top safety. That's who goes for two number one picks. Now, Trey Lance plays a more important position, and he's cost-controlled. But, oh, my God, he better be good because they have done a lot for him in terms of acquiring him. So that's my rant there. The 49ers really did something that really tied them to this kid for the future. Now, of course, Garoppolo is going to start. We'll see how that goes. My other rant really is all about that. These quarterbacks should start right away. I am, you know, we're going to hear about Andy Dalton starting in Chicago and keeping the seat warm for for Justin Fields. We're going to hear about Garoppolo starting. We're going to hear about Cam Newton starting in New England and keeping it warm for Mac Jones. Uh, I don't think we're going to hear that with the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. I don't think we're going to hear that with the Jets and Zach Wilson. But here's the thing. I say this every year. Why? Why do we have placeholders? Why do we need Andy Dalton? Now, of course, you know, they, they made their bed with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. They're paying him a lot of money, guaranteed money. So they can't start Justin Fields. I mean, they have to keep him on the team. But I say, yes, yeah, start him. Because, listen, the thing is you're going to have growing pains with young quarterbacks. That's always the case. Why not have them early instead of delay the growing pains? So I don't get it. Now, maybe Trey Lance is not going to be ready. Maybe Justin Fields is not going to be ready. Ready is a relative term. You spend these assets that you do for these players, you play them. So mark my words here on May 3rd, 2021, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones will all be playing by Halloween. And I have a sneaking suspicion they'll all be playing by the end of September because now those teams have set themselves up in tough positions. The first time Andy Dalton throws an interception, the first time Cam Newton throws it in the dirt, the first time that Jimmy Garoppolo throws a bad pick, you know what's going to happen. Media pressure. Now, again, teams sometimes care less about media pressure, fan pressure, and maybe owner pressure, and discussions after the game. Like, when is he ready? When is he ready? When is he going to go in? When is Fields ready? When is Mac Jones ready? When is Trey Lance, who we spent two number ones plus switch number ones, ready? So I just think that drumbeat's going to keep going for these guys. And I say it, why have the placeholder? And that's the problem with free agency before the draft. The Bears are nervous. They don't know they'll get a quarterback. They got to sign Andy Dalton. Uh, 
even though they let Trubisky go. The 49ers can't get rid of Garoppolo until this kid's ready. He's not going to be ready right away. So you have Garoppolo in this placeholder that won't be long. Cam Newton, yeah, they didn't know they were going to get a quarterback. Of course, they re-signed Cam Newton. But listen, these guys are going to show well in training camp. They are. So uh, here's my second mark my words. One of those three, along with Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, will start opening day. So there's a bold take. One of those three will start by opening day, all three by Halloween. Okay? One of those three, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, will be starting opening day. Okay. That's my rant and uh, my thoughts before we get to the subject du jour, the subject that everyone's asking about, which is, of course, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in my unique perspective. But first, let's talk about keeps. Did you know two out of three men experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35? Well, there are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. It's a convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. It's a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Prevention's the key. Treatments take about four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash BOS. Get your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash BOS to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash BOS. Hope you enjoyed that. Now let's get to Aaron Rodgers and my rant about him. Okay. The news broke the other day. First of all, how does the news get out? Okay, it's not from the Packers, right? The Packers do not want it out there that the franchise, face of their franchise, that the centerpiece of their organization, that the cornerstone of their team wants out. So when the news comes out first, okay, we have to look at the source. Adam Schefter breaks the story. Aaron Rodgers is surrounded by a lot of people in Hollywood, in entertainment, in business, in sports. He has his contract agents with David Dunn and Athletes First. He has his uh, media, entertainment, other types of agents, managers with CAA. CAA, of course, is connected in so many different ways throughout business and sports and entertainment. They represent, among others, Adam Schefter, who breaks this big story that Aaron wants out. We don't hear from Aaron. He goes to the Derby. He doesn't really answer about it. He talks about unhappy that it got out, of course, well. That's kind of a hedge. He talks about the fans. He loves them. Of course, that's always going to be the case when the players are unhappy. They never blame the fans. They don't want to turn their back. They don't want public opinion to sway against them. Okay, that's all kind of the surface level of all this. It's out there. Can't take it back. Uh, the, the bell has been rung, so we're seeing what's happening now. Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the NFL, upset. Okay. Let's go through my thoughts. First of all, there's some deja vu aspect here. You know, when we took Aaron Rodgers, we did not let Brett Favre know beforehand that we were taking a quarterback. Now, in that situation, we did not go into the draft wanting a quarterback, but he fell to us. All the players we wanted above the first round grade were gone except for one. We trusted the board. We waited to see if the phone would ring. In our 15 minutes on the clock, it never rang. We finally took him. Everyone hated the pick. The Lambeau Field draft party below us booed, shook, the, shook our souls with all those boos. Media gave us Fs in all the draft grades. Brett hated it. He called the coach. Brett's, a, Brett's agent, Buzz Cook, called me. 
no one was happy and Aaron was probably not happy. I mean, he put on a good face, but going to a place that's cold where he wasn't going to play, that was some fun from a California kid. So anyway, we endured that. But I think a lot of people say, okay, it's a problem. Let's move on. It's tough to move on from a team perspective. The team created this as we did years ago and the team's created it now. What we did years ago is what we, you know, I had a lot of the responsibility others in the organization did too, but you had to hear this almost every week from the two sides. And we had these two sides. We had Brett Favre's camp, which is like, Andrew, do you know what it's like to come into work every day and sit with your replacement? That's no fun. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. I understand. And Aaron's side would be like, Andrew, is he ever going to play? You know, is he ever going to play? Brett's never going to retire. So you just have to be professional and tactful and show some empathy, show some compassion, but try to hold on because you don't have answers. If I had an answer like, hey, Brett, three years in, you're out. We're, we're playing Aaron or Aaron, just hang on for three years, which is all what it turned out to be. But you didn't know at the time. We had to see, we had to go through off seasons. We'd go through what Brett was going to do. And he never wanted to retire. He obviously did, but he really didn't because he wanted to come back. And he did come back and play three more years. So listen, it's tough. And I just hope, because I'm not there anymore, I don't know. I hope the Packers were prepared to manage this situation and keep Aaron engaged in the way that we tried and hopefully succeeded in years ago with Brett and Aaron. And of course, Brett didn't have the best years of his life after we took Aaron. But hey, Brett's last year, just like Aaron, just like the year we just had, we're hosting an NFC championship game hosting. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that was a good year and Brett retired because he didn't feel the love and courtship and wooing from the front office to come back as we had done in previous years. So he retired in March, the teary press conference. But of course, of course he wanted to come back, which was, pretty obvious that he really didn't want to retire. And of course we had that messy divorce when he did come back. Okay. Let's spin it forward. Last year, there's some people saying, well, they should have let Jordan love. They should have let Aaron Rodgers know before the pick. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> before the draft without the chaos of night one of the draft where you say, Aaron, you know, maybe say, Aaron, if this guy is available, he's a guy we like for the future, we might go get him, I guess. But the idea that you're supposed to like on the clock or you see a trade that could happen, you see a guy falling, you're supposed to let Aaron know right away before you make the pick where you're trying to, there's chaos and you're trying to get the pick in and you're trying to get the trade done, whoever they traded with to move up. I, I, I don't know about that. I just don't know these narratives that are out there. They just seem so trivial, like, oh, we had to let him know. I don't think it's that. And I don't think it's this personnel thing where they didn't do enough for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, listen, they've got the best receiver in the league, I think. Top five running back, top five offensive line. Tight end leads the league in touchdowns. And you say, well, that's because of Aaron. Well, I mean, how do you answer that question then? Anyone would be because of Aaron. So if you brought in any dream team, it'd be because of Aaron, you're saying. I mean, the, the reason they weren't in the Super Bowl was not Aaron. They had a couple breakdowns defensively. I mean, listen, <laughs> I just, you know, I don't buy that. Okay, so what do I buy? Why is so unhappy? 
Well, let's just be real about this. There is a level of treatment that star athletes get that maybe people don't like, and maybe the Packers management doesn't like, but that's the case. You got to be real here. And what I'm saying is that superstar talent merits superstar treatment. And yes, we made allowances for Brett Favre. We didn't make for the rest of the team. Hell, he changed in a different locker room. He changed next to me in the auxiliary locker room for staff. Uh, he drove the product. What are we going to do? Treat him just like we treat some down the, down the roster lineman? No, of course not. And I'm not saying they don't treat Aaron Rodgers well, but I think there's a mentality in Green Bay, like, again, it's the player side, and, you know, we take care of that, and we take care of the coaching side, and we take care of the management side. Listen, Aaron is a different being, and he's earned that. Maybe he didn't come in like that. Maybe that's developed over the years. But he's the MVP, and that's where we get to the MVP. Aaron's made some cryptic comments about he upset their plans or whatever that may mean. But listen, no, maybe neither side expected him to be MVP of the 2020 NFL season. But my sense was they were never going to transfer to Jordan Love in 2021. But they were going to transfer to Jordan Love in 2022 or at the latest 2023. So the Packers had this cute little timeline where they had Jordan Love as the uh, inactive quarterback last year. I don't think he even dressed. And then he had Tim Boyle's backup. Then you had Aaron. And the plan was this year, okay, now Boyle goes to the Lions. Now we move Jordan Love to the backup. Jordan Love gets prepped. Jordan Love is ready for 2022. It all makes so sense. It's all so clean from a management point of view. The dead money for Aaron Rodgers goes way down after next year. This year, it's prohibitive. We had two years to, as apprenticeship for Jordan Love. It was three years for Aaron. Uh, the league's changed a little bit. We'll go with two years. We'll get a nice bounty of trade package for Aaron next year. Aaron's like, I'm not down with that. You know, Aaron's like, well, I'm going to upset those plans because I want it to be accelerated. It sounds like Listen, I'm an MVP. I'm a placeholder for Jordan Love. Why don't you just move on to him now? And the Packers are like, no, we don't want to move on to him now. We may want to move on to him next year, but we want that control. And here's the problem. As management, I totally understand you don't want to give concrete answers. Like Aaron's probably been asking in his agents, whether CAA or Athletes First or Dave Dunn, what's the plan? What's the plan? You're going to move on to love next year? You're going to move on to love the year after? What's the plan? And the Packers, just like me 15 years ago, you don't either don't have the answer or you really do have the answer, but you don't want to tell because what if things change? What if Aaron has another MVP year? And you don't want to be accused of lying. You don't want to accuse of reneging. And there's a little bit out there that they've already been accused of that. I just can't believe that they were ready to move on to Jordan Love this year and they've reneged on that. Because, again, $38 million of dead money, Jordan Love never even suited up, all that stuff. And Aaron's so good. And he was good before the MVP season. So there is some curiosity there as well. I think the other thing I want to address is this idea about the contract. Now, why, why don't they do something with the contract? I've said this before. There are a few things they can do with the contract, some that don't make sense to me, and I understand why they're not doing it. Extend the contract? Well, why extend it? You know, if you're the Packers, you would basically be extending it for someone else and you don't really care about someone else. 
So extend the contract would be, okay, we're extending the contract. He's got three years left. He's not going to be here three years. So there's no reason to extend the contract. The second thing people talk about is, well, restructure the contract and make him uh, lower his cap number. So we have a lower cap number on Aaron next year. Well, okay, but you're pushing out cap into future years. Why would you do that for a player that's not going to be here? Likely not past 2021. Uh, Of course not past 2022. Why would you do that? No reason to do that. Now, those are things that I understand the Packers not doing. What I don't understand the Packers not doing is just throwing money on the contract. If Aaron's supposed to make pick a number, 30 million this year, have, have him make 35 or 40 million or 45 million. Just cash, not a cap push out, not an extension, more money in 2021. Why not? He earned it. He's the best player in the league. You know, whatever the, the, the Dak Prescott number is or the, the Pat Mahomes number is, that's skewed because that doesn't bump up for years. But yeah, I mean, why not? And then the issue of guaranteeing the contract past this year, it's a little trickier, but I would do that too because, well, it's trickier because the Packers don't do that. They don't guarantee past existing years. But hey, if that gets it done, if that keeps Aaron happy, sure. Because if you're guaranteeing the contract past this year, you don't have to have them next year. The contract will travel with Aaron Rodgers to a new team that will inherit the guarantee. So to me, guaranteeing, if you're worried about the future, guaranteeing is no problem. It's only dealing with the precedent that the Packers never guarantee past the existing year, uh, which they you know, just did with Aaron Jones, where they're not even guaranteeing his contract past this year. So those are interesting decisions to go ahead with the Packers. Where does this go? <laughs> I mean, I think there's going to be this spinning in the media that's crazy. You know, Aaron sources, Packers really don't, are not a source team. Uh, You know, they were somewhat with Mike McCarthy and Jake Glazer, but they're not really a source team. So they're not going to be spinning out a lot of things to the media. So that's all going to come from the player side about the unhappiness, about this, this happened years ago, about they didn't listen to him on personnel decisions. I just think, You know, the thing that worries me about this more than anything is that we've had the meetings because my initial reaction was, okay, get in front of him, close the door. Let's hash this out. If he wants his agents in the room, fine, let's figure it out. But it sounds like that's happened. LaFleur has been out there. Mark Murphy, the president's been out there and Brian Goodkins, the GM has been out there and nothing's happened. So that's concerning from a Packer point of view that you've been in front of him. You've heard the wishes of them, and the wishes may be you can't do anything. you got to get rid of me. So before I get to how this plays out, let me just talk about the Packers structure because I know it so well firsthand. Again, there's no owner. There's a president, now Mark Murphy. Uh, there's an executive committee that meets monthly. There's a board of directors that meets four times a year. All those entities, I'm intimately familiar with the whole structure. That's fine, but they don't. They defer to football operations. And I've heard story about Mark Murphy having more power. Come on. They defer to football operations. It's been that way since Ron Wolf came there in 1991. And when I arrived in 1999, absolutely. We had a president, we had the board of directors and I, I executive committee. I used to give reports to those guys and they're like, okay, well, you know, when's dinner. Okay. You know, it's like, 
they would ask a few questions to the coach as general manager and they'd be like, sounds good to me. So listen, <laughs> there, this, the Packer way is there's no owner, you know, with diversified interests or a portfolio with other assets. It's all, it's all football. And then you get back to the general manager. So what that means is the most autonomous general manager in front office in the NFL. No one's looking over their shoulder. I can speak to that when I did contracts, whether I did a $20 million contract or a $50 million contract. No one's, no one's saying, hey, good job or bad job. They trusted me. And the Packers trust the general manager to deal in personnel, period. Here's the problem. The Packers have always had elite evaluators from Ron Wolf to Ted Thompson, John Schneider, Reggie McKenzie, John Dorsey, Elliot Wolf, so many, uh, Alonzo Highsmith, so many that I dealt with, Sam Seal, uh, Lee Gissendaner, and of course, Brian Gutekunst. Brian was a young scout when I was there, area scout, and he's worked his way up. But I've said this before about scouts. Scouts are scouts. <laughs> you know, They are in their element in a dark room looking at film, standing on a sideline with their arms crossed looking at players. They are not the best with communicative skills. They are not the best with persuasive skills. They are not the best orators. They are not the best uh, with communicating the visions of the organization. They're all about players and they're all about football. I get it. But the Packers have lacked that and they've lacked it publicly. You know, we know Ted was so resonant to speak to the media. It doesn't seem like that's much different with Brian, who's a, who's a Ted disciple. And that's fine. You know, if they're, if they're not glib with the media, that's fine. But with players, they need to be more expressive. With Aaron Rodgers, they have needed to be more expressive. I'm not talking about in the draft room, letting them know about Jordan Love. I'm talking about a communication line. There doesn't appear anyone in the Packers front office that's a point person to Aaron Rodgers. Someone he feels comfortable with, somebody he wants to talk to, somebody they could talk to more than about more than football. Aaron used to come up and talk to me. He talked to John Schneider. He talked to Elliot Wolf. He had, you know, there doesn't seem to be that person there. He feels it seems to me everything I'm hearing neglected and taken for granted. And then it gets back to the situation that he's in. He is, and I say it again, a MVP of the NFL and keeping the seat warm for Jordan Love. I get it. That's why this whole surprise is laughable to me. Wow, we're surprised Aaron's unhappy? Of course he's unhappy. Who wants that? You know? Who wants to prove yourself as the best player in the league and come back to work and like, oh, this guy's ready to take my job whenever they deem it for him to do so. And they're not ready to. So I guess I'm going out there. I get it. What can happen? So where I worry they've already had the communication. I just my initial reaction is got to get in a room and talk about this. Sounds like they already have, but maybe there's ways. Maybe there's allowances the Packers can make. Maybe it's an agreement to bring him into more personnel decisions. Maybe it's an agreement to let him do Jeopardy, whatever he wants, to forgive his requirement for the offseason, these big bonuses for workouts that, unfortunately, I, I am guilty. I, I put those in years ago. Um, we'll see. 
it just does it seems bleak now, but listen, <laughs> we've been here before this offseason, not with the Packers. But remember before Deshaun Watson's issues off the field, no way, no how he's ever gonna play for the Texans, they're gonna trade him. Still there. Russell Wilson, no way, no how he's gonna play for the Seahawks again. He listed the three teams he wants to go to. Still there. Not being traded. And that's my feeling on Aaron Rodgers. We know what the Packers have said. We're not trading them. Okay, it's it's May. We'll see what happens. He said he wants to be traded. We haven't heard from him. We've only heard from people around him, and he's got a lot of people around him that are talking to media, clearly. Uh, so let's hear from him, and let's see where this goes. Let's all take a deep breath. Um, listen, if the nuclear option of retirement, sure. I mean, he'd go on the reserve retired list. He'd have to come back. I know people talk about the Carson Palmer situation where Dave Dunn, the same agent, handled years and years ago. Carson Palmer retired. He didn't want to play for the Bengals. And then the Bengals got a stupid offer from the Raiders and put him out there. Well, could it happen again? Sure, I guess. You know, is some team going to make a stupid offer while Aaron Rodgers is retired? Does Aaron Rodgers really want to retire? Um, I don't know. I don't think he wants to retire. I mean, if he, he would be retiring as a ploy to get somewhere else, he wouldn't be retiring to retire. So we'll see where it goes. Um, right now, I just don't see him being traded. I do see him being traded a year from now. Absolutely. I've been saying that for years. I, as soon as they picked Jordan Love, they put an expiration date on Aaron Rodgers. I thought that expiration date was two years. And will we make it to year two? <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, I'll be I'll be podcasting, writing, talking, tweeting about this a lot before, and I appreciate all the nice comments about my tweet. I, immediate reaction. I put a video tweet out there on Thursday. I guess what I want to say about lastly is this: um, you know, I was only there for the time Aaron was a backup, and. I was a fan right away. I mean, he just had a nice way of dealing with people. Um, nice wry sense of humor that everyone sees now. Uh, intelligence off the charts. And then, of course, his movement skills and arm strength and everything we've seen on the field. Has he changed all those years? Well, I think it's hard not to with so much um, attention being placed on him. But I think at his core, you know, he's a guy that cares a lot about people and he really cares a lot about, I mean, the way he's talked up teammates all year, I think has been great. When he's talking up Mark, his man about his scandling and talking up Alan Lazard and Aaron Jones and Barbara Tanyan and big dog, Mercedes Lewis, you know, he's got to be careful here because if he turns his back or he talks about personnel decisions, he wasn't involved in, that's kind of, it's kind of saying, I don't like the guys I had. I want a better guy. So he's got to be careful there. The other part is that, listen, this personnel aspect, who exactly were the Packers supposed to go get? I mean, I know Brady imported a retired Rob Gronkowski and a discarded Leonard Fournette and a discarded Antonio Brown, but did they, I mean, who exactly were the Packers supposed to go get to be better than the personnel they had? We know free agency doesn't produce a lot of big gains, right? Was it Will Fuller in a trade? Was that going to really be the difference for the Packers? I mean, come on. I just think people have to be realistic. Let's take a deep breath. Let's see where this goes. 
Aaron Rodgers is a Packer as of early May. <laughs> I don't think anything's happening. Obviously, there's cap issues that would uh, push this out past June anyway. But even then, I'm like, do they want to really take two years of dead cap hits? Um, affect the team, the new team with Jordan Love, not only this year, but next year? Of course they don't. They want to move on in 2022 or beyond, right? Aaron's trying to force the timeline. It's a fascinating power struggle where the player says, your plan, uh-uh, I'm not down with that. And they're trying to get it back. This will be fascinating for me to watch. Yes, I know a lot of you are asking if I would go in and mediate. I'd be happy to serve. I have not been asked. So if I'm asked, I'm happy to serve. Okay, let's keep this. Uh, this is conversation one about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I am sure there will be more. That'll do it for this week's Branch Rants edition of the Business of Sports. Thanks to my producer, Brian Neal, my musical producer, Sam Brandt. Thanks for following me on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. Please, please subscribe to my newsletter if you haven't. Had some nuggets about it this week, about what I just talked about. Uh, sign up at andrew-brandt.com. Apple podcast rankings are always appreciated. Hope you enjoy the podcast. We think it's one of a kind for this genre of podcast in sports. And I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. If you love scratches from the Virginia Lottery, you'll love the high roller blackjack scratcher with a chance to win up to 10 times your prize. Look for it at your favorite Virginia Lottery retailer. In fact, you can drive there right now. Now that's an everyday win. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 4.16.